Sire, and you're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. Welcome back for another long yak, our tenth. We start off by answering a listener email about how to get involved in the fandom. Moving on to what we're watching, you can hear our take on nearly all the new shows that have premiered. It's a long list. We talk about The Last Empress, Top Star Ubeck, Clean with Passion for Now, Red Moon Blue Sun, also called Children of Nobody, and we take a really fleeting peek at Memories of the Alhambra. We also wrap up our thoughts on departing shows, Where Stars Land, aka Fox Brightstar, Terrius Behind Me, Beauty Inside, The Smile Has Left Your Eye, aka 100 million stars fallen from the sky and familiar wife feel free to use the timestamps to navigate the episode enjoy see you on the other side everyone this is Saya. this is anisa and this is Porama. and this is our actual jackten <laughs> yay and this is the third time we have tried to say hello in a way that didn't mess up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is yes, that is true. Or was it the fourth? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's not count we, because apparently we're not so good at counting. <laughs> let's just jump in. <laughs> we also have not mastered the art of greeting. No, we have not. It, it's 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 so we're never going to be professional podcasters, guys. We might as well like just accept that by the time you get to number 10 you should know how to at least say hello because in truth this is like our 29th episode yeah of, of this podcast oh, wow. seriously by now we should have had a little more finesse what what are we doing yeah i don't know maybe they'd like us less if we were more finessey uh, well, <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know let us know <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> Email us, tweet us at <laughs> Dramas Overflow, and tell us if you want us to get more finesse. Right. Okay, moving on. Or less. Or less. So, speaking of emailing us, we recently got um, a lovely email from Paige, who sent a, I'm just going to read her email out, and because we thought the question that she asked was something that a lot of fans might be interested in, and it would be good to answer it on the podcast. So Paige says, hi there. I recently discovered your podcast and I'm really enjoying it. I live in the States and wish there was more that I knew about how to get involved as a fan. I recently heard on one of your podcasts that one of you volunteers at Vicky and I wondered if you could let me know of any opportunities to get involved writing or freelancing or otherwise as a fan. So thank you for enjoying our podcast, first of all. Um, And Zaya, I'm going to like bump that over to you because you were the one who volunteers at Vicky. So Saya. Oh I was on mute. Sorry, I had to unmute myself. <laughs> I I know how to do this guys. I know how to do this. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So um yeah fandom, that's an interesting thing. Um starting with Vicky, it's pretty easy to get involved with Vicky. Whenever when you log in, there's a page uh when you scroll down to the bottom it says um, you know, contribute to Vicky. How this is how to get involved in the community. There are two main ways to contribute to uh, Vicky. So what happens there is um, they receive raw videos and they are fan subbed by the community. So videos uh, have to be segmented, which is um, like a technical thing where the video audio is chopped into bits where subtitlers would put their subtitles. So that you can do without any Korean fluency, and you can take tutorials on how to do that. So anyone can do that. Uh, the second way to do it is, uh, to contribute is by subtitling, so, and that would require either Korean fluency or fluency in another language 
that is not English. Um, so you could translate from Korean into English or any other language or from English into a different language uh, like Spanish or Italian or, or Bangla. Polish or anything. Exactly. There is such a dearth of uh, Bengali subbers. If you can sub Bengali, please do it. Yeah, Zaya got me to do a bit of Your Beautiful and I did, I think, three episodes or four episodes and I just I just couldn't do, I, I didn't have time to do any more, but I really regret that. I, I do think we need more Bengali subbers. Yeah, man. Oh, I just want one full drama to be subbed in Bengali. Something that my mum can watch. Oh, and yeah. then and then I can finally watch dramas with her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's one way. Um, um, and also, just to be very sure, we don't have, uh, we as a podcast don't have any affiliation to any other groups. We're completely independent. Um, but, yeah, we, we do stuff in other places. I think the first thing to do to get involved in in like contributing back is to just join a community uh, there's a few places you can choose um we hang out at drama beans um there's Soompi. there's uh my drama list oh my, yeah my drama list which is one of my favorite places to find um recommendations for pretty much any trope that you can think of recently i was looking for uh, best friends to lovers and they have some amazing recommendations from the community there. Mm, so there's a lot of a lot more resources like right now than there were even a, a year or two ago. What else? Um, um, oh, even on Reddit, there's like a dedicated subreddit for K-dramas, which is not that active. I think that's not where K-drama fans hang out. No, not that um, much. But I think the, the biggest places are, you know, Vicky, Soompi, Drama Beans, my drama list. Um, and then there's a few big uh, growing fan sites, places like Drama Milk, who do live recaps. Hi, friends at Drama Milk. Um, and Twitter, actually. Twitter is a, is a place where just a lot of fans hang out. We hang out there a lot as yes. well. So um, There's also Rabbit, but, yeah. where a lot of fans oh, will yeah, kind of, you know, do watch-alongs. Like, if you don't know what Rabbit is, it's a place where you can stream something in a room and, like, invite other people to watch the same thing that you are at the same time. So it's really fun if you're, like, there. I know a lot of beanies hang out on the, on the weekends and just, like, watch things together. Yeah, they actually have a, a dedicated calendar for like the shows that they're watching. Like I think right now we're meant to be in the middle of Dolja's Spring. Nice. Um, and when that and last month was uh, I'm Not a Robot, or was that the month before? Um, and you know we watched up Flower Boy Band. Basically, they have already a fully pre-planned calendar, and it's great. Oh, because this life is our first was one of the recent uh, rewatches they did. So when they have those, you have people who are watching for the first time. You have people who are rewatching. It's really fun. The downside of Rabbit is that I think the app can be is a bit glitchy right now because they've been doing like weird upgrades and things that doesn't seem like everybody likes. Uh, and yeah. also like the chat doesn't archive or it just it moves really fast in a way where you can't sort of go back to like yesterday's chat or something and find things. You're just you're always in the moment with it. So. But yeah, Rabbit's fun. There are other opportunities, for example, if you want to write stuff, like if you want to um, write articles or essays. Um, Drama Beans runs a monthly uh, theme of the month feature, which uh, um, takes a topic, like just any topic um, from something about dramas and um, fans can write in with their own essays and their own thoughts on the subject and that's a really good way to see your work published right away and then places like my Dra uh, my drama list they have they had a quite a recent recruitment for writers 
and most of these are voluntary. Uh, very little of it is paid. Um, this is, you know, this is all a by fans for fans, uh, running on love kind of thing. What else is the? I think that's a good place to start. <laughs> I think you <laughs> offered a lot of really good information. It all depends on like where you find your crowd, and you yeah. you might not find it on my drama list. You might not find it on Twitter. Like you just have to be patient and read other people's uh, stuff and see where else they hang out. And or to be honest, if you're a newbie, Drama Beans is the best place because beanies are really welcoming. And if you uh, follow their weekly open thread. That's the best place to um, find new friends. Just introduce yourself and start talking dramas and other people will find you. Mm-hmm. You can post on your wall there if you have a registered account. And it just and once you find friends there, you can find them on other social media as well. So there is that. And yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Your, that's your tribe then. So. And it's like it's a step up from Oppa Wars and you know, <laughs> it can actually talk about stuff in yeah. detail in a thoughtful way with other people who are thinking along the same lines as you and who will take your fandom as seriously as you take this it. That's true. So, yeah, yeah, you definitely you'll find your people. And the other great thing that happens um, when you find your people is that you start having ideas of your own. You bounce them off each other. You start doing things. We've got a friend, a beanie friend, who has started doing um, K-pop covers. One of them is in one country. One of them is in another. You know, it's like, wait, are they? Did I just make that part up? <laughs> no, no, they are. No, they are in different countries. <laughs> and and they're doing musical collaborations. So, you know, you can, it's, it's all about about how, uh, what kind of ideas you have and what you can bring to the table. You can find people who have the same interests and do your own thing. But before we move on from this topic, I um, just want to uh, put in a slight plug for um, our Twitter hashtag for the month, which is December Dramas. Yes. <laughs> we are doing um, one tweet reviews for all the dramas that we have watched uh, throughout the year. And we have had uh, so many of our friends on Twitter uh, tweeting with us. I mean, they have been tweeting way more than us on, on the hashtag. <laughs> and, it's been... and in a way superior manner. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to sit back and watch. I have nothing to say. Yeah. Everyone else no, like, we started this last year, last December. By accident. And it was like, we were like, what should we do at the end of the year? And then we were like, let's just do, like, one tweet reviews because we didn't have time to do, like, a massive, you know, year-end podcast. And it ended up, like, you know, it was just a few of us. But then by the end of the month, like, a lot of other people joined. But, like, I'm so excited to see how many people are tweeting already. It's only been, like, one day. It's very, very exciting. Yeah, I know. And it's hilarious, some of the tweets. I mean, it just... They're great. Go and check out the hashtag December Dramas um, tag on Twitter. Because there's a wealth of lovely reviews. And join in if you if Yes, you we will retweet you. Just put in the hashtag and we'll find you and retweet you. Yes, we love reading these. These are some amazing That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note and in yes. to, and fan uh interaction and support, take it away for Oh my god, yes. Thank you, patrons. We have five new patrons. This is guys, this is so unbelievable. The moment we had that um, notification, like you you have like an email notification on your phone and I have uh, mine on for our email, which is stars in our pocket at gmail.com. Um, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty getting pretty good at this plugging thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> for our podcast. Um, 
and I, I got the notification and I was I was I was chatting with Saya um on, on Hangout and I we were talking about something else and in the middle of like she was still typing her response to what I said and in the middle I started like caps locks screaming at her. Oh my god, I I, I, I I was screaming. I was verbally screaming and I was screaming into the computer. I was like, Saya, did you see? We got our first patron. Why? So Why would anybody give us money? Like who? Why do they even care? But yeah, really, really, we appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. We were just like dancing and like making high pitched noises for a while. It's funny because basically when we were launching this, um, I remember Barma saying basically this is just going to be like tumbleweed for six months, and maybe we'll be lucky if someone signs up with a dollar. <laughs> and like we would have been super happy for that. So to have five patrons in just the first month, that's like. Wow, guys. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. We're really, really beyond moved and touched and delighted. So we just want to give a shout out to our first five patrons. All of you are so amazing, guys. Thank you for supporting us. This is so amazing. Um, we, we actually have patrons on, on all three of our tiers, which is so cool. We get to give out, um, well, we do, we, do we have amazing uh, benefits? We don't, but whatever. We will after this. But you, yeah, we, we, it's okay kind of benefits. And we get to give them out to um, Elizabeth G, Stephen B, um, Leah W, Alice W, <laughs> and Hades. So, yeah, there you are. Those are our patrons. And we are super, super thankful and surprised. We are so surprised. I'm not sure if it's more amazing to have names we recognize or to have names we don't recognize. Because, like, a couple of these are our friends. Uh, from other fandoms yeah. and a couple of these are people we had no idea who were listening to us and existed and it's like I'm not sure which is more mind-blowing both of them are like super mind-blowing yeah both of them are mind-blowing because I don't know anybody I know in my personal life who would put in a single dollar to help me out like in the whole podcast <laughs> thing but like friends on the internet are like way more supportive and trusting apparently so we love you guys we love you. Uh, yeah we do Okay, so I think that we should now segue to the... Yeah, moving on uh, with less screaming, we uh, have to cover our currently airing and there are some good ones. We we didn't think that December would bring a lot of... Like, like there were some good shows we were looking forward to um, when we were covering uh, upcomings in the last month's podcast, but I don't think any of us was like super pumped about any particular drama. Or did you did you were you guys looking forward to any particular one? I actually was, but the weird thing is that I all of the ones that I picked up were the ones that I did not intend to watch at all. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Pretty much same here. Yeah. And I haven't started the ones that I did intend to watch. Yeah. Okay. Again, same here. For instance, I I did not intend to uh, start watching um, Top Star Ubik, which I did just because the premise was funny i needed to watch it and also clean with passion for now was not expecting to like it or start it but i did and we will get to it but first let's talk about the last empress okay <laughs> oh are you watching this yes i'm watching this i, I watch- just looked at the list and, and realized that you are <laughs> i'm i'm one episode behind by the way so four episodes have aired uh, at this point but i am one episode behind so am i i, so- I will just watch till episode three okay <laughs> This show is nuts. I love it. Oh my god. <laughs> so what's like the basic one-line premise? Because I don't remember. Uh... Sorry, you want to take that? 
I actually was hoping you would because oh, okay. I, th I think one I, line I, premises are not my forte. <laughs> one line, wow! You guys do not know me well, but if you expect me to do this in one line, but I'm gonna give this a shot. Okay, let's see. Um, so you have this uh, generic candy character, which is played by um, Jang Narab. She's a singing stage theater woman. I'm sorry, that sounds bad. She's a musical um, actress. She's a musical actress. That's what she is. Right. And it's <laughs> and it's set in this fictional uh career with a constitutional monarchy. Uh, okay. Um Right. It, it's it's a it's a lot like King to Heart. I see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you have Except e <laughs> Right. Um which is like uh Shin Sang Rook um acting as the um royal royal. Um well the emperor. He's acting as the emperor. emperor. And so if you're not familiar with this guy, this is uh, you from another right, star. The villain. Uh, how is your health and his twisty name right. ring? So is he guy. like the male lead in this? Oh, no. no. Well, no. he's the villain, I think. Oh. One of the villains. The thing is, everyone's a villain. This is great. It's it's kind of amazing <laughs> because... Um, absolutely insane. Yeah. Like, you, right now, you actually root a bit for the villains. I think the villains have been drawn really yeah. compellingly. But hey, let me finish the premise. I, sorry, my sorry, sentence sorry. is undone. So, okay. So... Um, Osani, who's the candy character, she is poor, hardworking, sings and acts well, but doesn't get enough but opportunities. Fame, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but she's super optimistic and sunshine and rainbows. That's your typical heroine. You can, you guys can tell how I feel about this right now. But um, <laughs> she accidentally gets into the emperor's ambit. The emperor is involved in something where he needs a cover and he uses her. And she ends up becoming coming the next empress sort of oh interesting yeah but Although we haven't quite got no to we haven't got to that point yet, yet but it, this is like in the basic synopsis like everybody knows this right, right. oh yeah yeah sunny's position for the next empress situation but um where does uh joy jin hu come in right like we know he exists so he is a man <laughs> with a vendetta something happens and he comes in for revenge but before he comes in it's tehang <laughs> <laughs> It, it's, uh, you know, if you guys uh, watched uh, Walk of Love or um, what's it called, uh, Live Up to Your Name, mm -hmm. uh, Te Ho, who is the guy with the curly hair, solid build. Um, so he's like pre-transformation Cho Jin Yuk. And if you, if, you, if you guys have seen him in anything else before, you know how cheerful he's and good. like super, really super good. smiley he is. But in, yeah. in, in the first two episodes of The Last Empress, this guy is savage. My God, he's got a temper and he's, his character is supposed to be someone who's like really strong and he's like really built up. And it just, he, he's just, he's angry constantly pretty much. And yeah, so this guy has something horrible happen to him, and then he magically transforms into uh, Trajanok. So, what's the crazy thing about this drama? Because you guys are saying it's so crazy. So, okay, so the person we haven't mentioned yet is the second lead female, who is the emperor's like PA, uh, secret love interest, and she is insane but brilliant and manipulative and mad, and also I think impelled by genuine emotion for the emperor but she's super manipulative like she does she engineers everything to make things work out a certain way for her like she yeah but she's like a part survivor uh, part um ambitious right as in that's what's so great about her it's like um 
you don't quite hate her you really admire her um yeah. and also i feel like her emotions are actually real she really does love the emperor but she just you know, like the way that she goes about getting what she wants is uh dubious yeah dubious but is one word she's the one who's got connections to everyone so she's connected to the chojinyuk character they have a past it's not actually quite clear at this point what exactly their relationship is but what well, it's pretty clear what the relationship is they grew up together and they are in a relationship like a romantic Are relationship I, I oh definitely he he called uh, like right on the first episode he told her that i can tolerate everything but not my girlfriend cheating on me so oh did he say that yeah but he said that, that kid was, that kid is we do not know whose kid is that, that is her so. kid? yeah it's her kid but we don't oh, know if it's but his kid. the kid calls him hyung exactly which is why so, i don't i don't isn't that weird? It's not necessary. That's why I don't understand the relationship. Look, it's perfectly possible she had the kid with someone else and they are in a relationship now. But even so, wouldn't he call him like Ajishi or something rather than Hyung? Why not is it like a brother? Not necessarily. Sometimes those blurred, depending yeah. on the age of the... Oh, no, wait, wait, no. She was adopted from an orphanage, right? And she yeah. was raised by his mom. So she called... Oh, right, okay. I think rather than them being an actual couple, he assumes they're a couple, whereas she is not really that into it. So, which is why I was actually rooting for her to get away from him because he not only yeah, exactly. seemed super really violent, yeah, and it it felt yeah. like a situation possessive. super possessive in an obsessive way, in a in a bad obsessive way, and her adoptive yeah. mother was also putting emotional pressure on her to stay with the guy. I don't know what mm. the past with the child is, where the child comes from, and all of that stuff. And it's perfectly possible that she's always been a manipulative person. It doesn't matter. No matter how manipulative she is, she should not be forced to stay in a relationship. She clearly does not. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, which is why I was actually when when that thing. So there is a murder at one point of one of the characters, and this woman is. It's an sort accident. Of, well, I'm gonna uh, yeah. let's call it dubious. Okay, yeah, let's call it murder. Yeah. <laughs> and she's sort of kind of involved. And the thing is, the the I actually I I don't know. I didn't actually feel bad for the person who got murdered because simply because of the way this this woman, um, uh, Elijah's character Minura was being. Uh, was in a position like what she was doing was manipulative. Uh, okay, manipulative is not. But the like reason good she enough. was doing it were not wrong, right? I they were not necessarily yeah, wrong. And also, the the, the reason yeah. I was rooting for Yura in the first two episodes was because she was going the right up against our predominant big baddie, which the is other the villain. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the Dowager, yeah, uh, Empress, <laughs> yeah. who is my god, why, yeah. that woman yeah. is evil. <laughs> definition of evil <laughs> and she is the level of evil where she has um and i think it's not a spoiler to just i mean it might be a spoiler but my one it, she puts in um close circuit cameras in her son's not just her, his room but is in his bathroom he, he watches her, she yeah. watches him constantly it's it's eerie and in a really creepy way super 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 creepy way oh and she's and, played by Shin Kang who's like incredible in everything she's such a good oh actor. my god she's so far she's, she's scary she's, yeah she yeah. is doing amazing at being scary so when um minyura goes up against her because everything she's doing with the emperor like i don't know if she's propelled by love or ambition but the the point is that she is sort of challenging the empress right and yeah. she, and nobody yeah. in the and nation she's punished for it Well, yes, exactly. She's punished for it, but she is clever enough to get her get herself out of situations where she can 
Like she knows how to survive is my point. Mm-hmm. And yes, I mean that, Yeah, I kind of I, I I kind of love her. <laughs> yeah, I do too. So far she is a much more compelling character than our other female um well our other female protagonist. I want to see Jangnara's character get this this dark treatment. Yeah. This is a great character. Exactly. She actually has a nuanced um like she has nuanced motives. What does Jangnara's like, character have? She does have? terrible things but you understand why. Whereas I, I guess we just haven't really seen either of those two yet. Like we haven't seen, uh, well, Chirgen we've Hulk. seen Chojinyuk's pre-transformation character, but we haven't seen actual Chojinyuk, and we haven't seen Jangna really like understanding their place on the board yet. No, and because this is like yes, this is super Mukjangshin. Oh it's my crazy. god, so much so, but <laughs> and the best thing was I loved how they opened the drama where there is a murder, and now you don't know who's been murdered, and then they they just jump back a year. and you're like wait who got murdered who got murdered at the end of this drama somebody was murdered it's 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 great but um the the trouble that i'm having with this drama is that i'm finding all the evil characters super compelling but our and the good ones not so i think part of that is just because it's setting up the world for them to begin playing in and because they've just been introduced into that world we haven't seen it yet hopefully we'll see it and hopefully they'll be complex and interesting so yeah but, to, um, to be fair though yeah. i mean the the high stake players in this game are people who are already used to a world of strategizing even when they are like going from their bathroom to their bedroom is it's um so it's basically a modern sagak right yeah it it is a, because they even just wear uh, all like the the women wear hanboks and sort of like sort of fusion hanboks and you have it just yeah, even the speech is very so it's got old. all the trappings of uh, sort of um old fashioned mm-hmm. royalty but it's in a hyper modern world with all of the resources of that world at your disposal Yeah. Exactly. So like for instance like social media plays uh, an active part in what um, makes Osan Hee end up becoming sort of the prospective next empress. Mm-hmm. And um the trouble though I'm have so on on the one hand we it's perfectly understandable why both Osani and uh, Nawangshik which is uh uh Jae Jin-hyuk's uh, character's name Nawangshik are both sort of naive and um simpler characters than our evil doers because they are not constantly being sort of thrust into political intrigue they are not used to that life and now these two people who have had pretty straightforward simple lives are suddenly going to be thrust into this world of political intrigue all right so um it sounds pretty nuts and i was looking at the um so not the page of the of the writer and she wrote like temptation of wife and temptation of an angel which if you haven't heard are like extremely famous for being crazy mukjang dramas that just like go all over the place so but like would you recommend this drama do you think you're going to keep watching it uh, i certainly am um i i don't know if i would recommend it sort of wholesale but if you're up for some wily wilds and people being completely crazy and not necessarily likable yet it being very addictive <laughs> give it a shot the only concern i would have is that these types of dramas tend to be really good in the first half and then the second half starts getting i don't know. Hmm. So i guess we'll have to wait and see. But we will okay. certainly update everyone next month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, i'm pretty sure we will still be watching this. I'm i'm probably going to watch it to the end. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um the next one is Topstar Ubeg. 
which yes. I I don't think either of us thought we were going to be watching um, Anisa. Didn't Bird. both of you yeah. say you I mean, were going to be watching? Yeah, we, we did say that we were looking forward to it. I know I was saying well, that it was like a fun sort of watch just because of the cast. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, honestly, I don't, I don't think that I was looking forward to it. I thought maybe I'll see what other people are saying about it, but uh, okay. I wasn't too. It was primarily for the lead, though, that I wasn't too keen. Um, because uh, what's his name? You don't like what's you don't like Kim Ji Suk. Kim Ji Suk, right? Um, it's not that I don't like him. I'm very used to him as a uh, secondary character, and there is a particular type of character that he always plays when he does when he used to do the secondary characters. He hasn't done that since Twentieth Century Boy and Girl, um, which by the way was a really good drama. I I, I watched like I didn't watch much. I think I just watched two episodes uh, of it, and then read recaps <laughs> yeah that was one of those that like i was planning to watch and then it just i got so busy and it kind of there are so many dramas guys yeah limited number of hours in a day yeah. but um this one though i think i can actually keep watching because i am though i think i watched the first two episodes and i was i liked it i'm i was not expecting um again what's his name uh kim jisook to look like uh, what do they do is it the makeup what is it is it a particular uh, a type of exercise that they do to <laughs> i don't know get a particular shape of jaw or something yeah i mean what is oh, it he, he suddenly looks like a, he has yeah exactly yes she goes he suddenly looks as, like an as, you would, as, as you would find out in the very first episode he has abs and he's not afraid to show them <laughs> Oh, to yeah. everyone. It's, uh, it's a trope. <laughs> Him showing his abs is like a running, it's like almost like a running joke in the rabbit. Oh my god, yeah. And and it's actually, it lands really, really well. He Look, he's always been a character who does emotions really well. I've really liked him in Sassy Gogo. And I've liked him in some of the other dramas as well, though they don't instantly come to my mind. Where he's done not so pleasant characters. And mm-hmm. he's done a few of them. But, um... Yeah, like in personal, thing. like oh, oh, hey, wasn't he like uh, uh cheating somebody in oh, hey, Young Miss again? Young, another Miss Young, another Miss Yo, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, hey, Young again, what yeah, 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 <laughs> oh, Young again, and he was also in Personal's Taste, like way back in the day. Remember the like unpleasant, oh, uh, oh my god, honeymooning yeah. couple who like kicks her out of her house, yeah. Yeah, he's just really exactly. good at being slimy. But I think he's, he's super good, at, and I think like that is part of the reason I I I still have memories of him being slimy, and that I can't quite see him take him seriously. When I, at least you know in on paper, I couldn't take him seriously as a lead actor because I was like, but he's too slimy to be you know leading a drama. But then of course, <laughs> I mean, it all depends on how a drama is directed and written. And here, Ubek's character is is so narcissistic his head is so swollen and he does he have great just... comedic timing oh yeah he does he does he does <laughs> but and also um i have to say it's not the reason i am going to continue watching it is because of um john sumin um john sumin's character um oh kang sun she is she i do not know what accent she is doing i i do not have enough knowledge of of the korean language i have barely any knowledge of the korean language but you can tell how thick the accent is and she is and she's clearly really good at it yeah and i i i have heard her interviews so i know that she does not speak like that so it always amazes me when an actress really sinks into an accent and like you you've seen actors and actresses do saturi a lot that that's what the um, Busan uh, accent is called, right? Satori. Yeah. 
Well, any regional Sathri is like a regional accent. Yeah. A, yeah. It can be a regional dialect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they just call it Busan accent. Um, yeah, we've seen a lot of actors do the Busan accent. That seems to be one of the easiest accents for them to do. I mean, I've, I've, I don't know if easy is the word, but maybe the most common. It's more most popular. common, yeah. 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 But she I, I don't know what language she's speaking. It's it sounds like a totally different language. And she is so cheerful and grinning but not a pushover at all and none of the characters on the island is a, is a pushover I love it I love how they keep calling Ubeck top star like that's his name nobody can remember his actual name <laughs> and they, they treat him like they would treat just any guest on their island and he is he has to accommodate them instead of them accommodating him and he's not used to that at all and he was promised a stay at a resort he is running away from a scandal so he, his agent had told him oh go and stay at this beach resort and then they just strand him on the island and the boat goes away and won't come back for two weeks that actually so, sounds really funny. Him, yeah, him waiting on the like rocky shore with his sunglasses and his like suitcases, just like, and no one comes, just so great. Um, so I also watched two episodes, and I I agree, it's like really fun. I was a little bit thrown off at first of it's like it has a really over the top kind of comedic tone, but once you get used to it, I I actually was looking forward to it the most for the casting because I actually really love. Uh, Kim Ji Suk and I, I really liked him and I've seen him in a couple of movies as well so like I know how good of an actor he is and how he can be like really sincere and um, but also slimy which I think is really perfect for this role because he is a jerk and he's awful and slimy in the beginning so I'm very much have faith in him that he's going to pull off the transformation that I'm sure he's going to have because he's the hero so he yeah I think him. he's already doing it though he's he already is. looking at yeah. Yeah, everybody with like, especially uh, John Soman with sort of like, I don't know, soapy eyes. <laughs> yeah, and John Soman was in, um, she was in 1% of anything, like the new version. That's where I've seen her. And she's Ooh, really good. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, she had that line that like, um, has kind of become sort of a universal line that people say, where she was like, if, if they're handsome, they're always a buzz. That was like, oh, was that from that? <laughs> yeah, it's from that. Yeah, because he's like, because she's like talking about her like the her like oppa or whatever her K-pop crush, and he's like, the hero's like he's younger than you. She's like, if they're handsome, they're all oppas. He's like, okay, <laughs> but but she's really really good. Um, and you're right. Like she, at first I was like, oh no, it's gonna be like this candy pushover, and she's like from the you know countryside, and she's naive and she doesn't know what the like the internet is but she doesn't take any garbage from him she really like gives as good as she gets so I like that too and he also has some kind of secret trauma or like pain in his past like we've seen him cry twice or three times already in yeah. episode two which normally at first I was like oh really like can't he just be a jerk that's shallow and a star but I think that they might be doing something interesting about um tying that into his life as an idol which could be more interesting than the normal like here's this really rich and successful guy but he has a secret pain in his heart and the heroine is going to help him heal it 
So I think it might be more interesting than I was thinking at first. Yeah. I mean, while she's healing him, she's probably going to be punching him a lot. So it's fine. I'm good. Yeah. It's and also like, he, balanced yeah, and he seems to be falling for her already. And she like has no time in her day for him. Oh my God. She has an opa and she's like, I have no time for you. All my heart only beats for my yes, opa. And he's hung up. <laughs> And he's like, oh that was God. amazing. And he's like so adorable in his little uniform and his pirate oh outfit. So I love it. I love it. I love this whole dynamic. But you know, the best thing about this drama, the, the, the thing that sort of made me want to watch more we've seen heartwarming sort of uh, dramas where almost all characters are good hearted people with the best intention and all of that stuff. But, um, you would think that a drama like this, where you are on an isolated island, where everybody is still it just, it's a throwback to the 80s. Um, you would think that it would be, I don't know, a, a bit of a fantasy where none of the regular rules of life, life would apply. But that's not it. In, in very subtle ways, they do talk about how the town being isolated is sort of like a preference. It's a, it's a time, sorry, the island. Um, like the townspeople who remain there are people who really want their way of life preserved. But the one who didn't want this way of life, like the ones who wanted internet, the ones who wanted like to be able to earn more, they all up and left the island. So the guy um, who's, I think there, what is he? The the town, what what do they call it? The, the head. The head. Yeah. The village head. Yeah. Um, who's being played by um, Ihambi. And... Um, Who's like everybody's father? Yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he, he's awesome. Um, so the, he, he he talks about that. He he just in, in passing he says we just fifty people left now because you know the rest of them didn't want this life. Yeah, and it's like you know the the dynamics of the town are very realistic in the sense that like it's mostly old people. There's only one kid in this. Exactly, world. exactly. Yeah. They, they, they practically have no young people, and also like the poverty is not romanticized. Like there are these two elderly sisters, I think, who were carrying like this whole uh, this uh, drum full of uh, what do you call it, dung cakes, right? And they they were sort of balancing it on their heads yeah. while walking together. Like it was hilarious. The impression of that was hilarious. But it just it's it's dung cakes. You cannot romanticize dung cakes. You know what I mean. <laughs> I, I like that they're not trying to somehow gloss over the hardships that they go through. Did you, uh, either of you watch The Vineyard Man? It was uh, Yunan Yunanhe and um, who was the male lead? I can't remember his, oh, something. Let me, but it was, it was an older show from maybe like 10 years ago. Um, but it was a similar setup where like this really, she's actually a fashion designer and she has some kind of, Something happens where she ends up leaving and going to the countryside because, like, her career basically fails because, I don't know, like, senior designer steals her design. and then But then she's, like, this really spoiled, like, she's always wearing heels. And, she's, and then she goes to this farm, at, to a vineyard, basically, and she just has to work there. I think her grandfather's there or something. And Oman Suk is the, is the male lead. And he's just, like, this country dude. She's, like, not impressed with him at all. He's, like, older than her. Um... And she just hates him. And she ends up in, like, these horrible situations. Like, there's one really memorable scene where, like, she's out in the country and she can't find a bathroom. And she's, like, she's, like, looking for a bathroom. She's, like, can't find anything. Like, not even an outhouse. She's, like, goes in the middle of a field and, like, has to go to the bathroom. And you just, and you, like, kind of hate her at that point. 
Yoon and Hae does a really good job of just being like the spoiled brat and it's just really hilarious. And then it ends up being like a really nice love story. And it also is really, I think they did a really good job in that as well of like showing the actual struggles that would occur on a vineyard like this and like showing the daily life and how like she kind of changes and she, so it really reminds me a lot of that. Yeah. And Oman is like, like so like good. He is so good. And I just really like him and everything, but he was really, really good in that. It's funny that you kind of mentioned this now because like literally last night, um, I was talking, my parents and I were talking about this because my dad just came back uh, from uh, Bangladesh and he was like talking about, you know, when you go to the village um, and how it's unrecognizable now. And he was reminiscing about a story of when they were kids and I think two uh, of his friends and they would have been like less than 10 at the time. They snuck onto a train um, to Dhaka, the capital city. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, back then, it was, I mean, you're talking like, I don't know, 40, maybe 50 years ago, something like that. And they, and these are like little stowaway kids, tiny kids who've stowed away on a train, which is like ridiculously brave yeah, and foolish. Um, and then they were like, you know, they said they, uh, they got there and they're like, there are only mosques here there's nowhere for us to like stay because for them in the village the only actual building was the mosque everything else all of the houses they were not like buildings they were you know they weren't even tin houses you know tin is actually really new they were like made of like leaves and and certain fibers and things like that so they got there and they were like there's this place which is all buildings so they thought all of the buildings were mosques because in their idea in their mind Wow. Uh, if it's a building, it's a mosque. So then they stayed on the train and they came right back home. So the thing <laughs> that we were discussing, is, and you know, I remember this from my own childhood visits to Bangladesh, is that, you know, you'd sum, we would summer, uh, as kids, we summered uh, in Bangladesh and <clears throat> you'd go back to the village and this is when my uh, grandparents were alive and these were villages that didn't have electricity uh, they didn't have electricity they didn't have running water um and like they didn't have the um, the amenities that we take for granted um even you know in in the city now that you take it for granted but the interesting thing is that in the um i guess it's not even 20 years it's like 15 years in the last 15 years or so everything has changed like the village as it was, it, it no longer exists. Like what you're saying about preserving that way of life. Yeah. Like it's the price of rapid industrialization that you lose a certain way of life. Mm. But then at the same time, you know, like you're saying about the poverty and the difficulty of life, those things are not romantic. Why should, like, why shouldn't they change? Like our yeah. nostalgia can't be at the expense of people's lives getting easier, even if you lose all of that kind of thing. So I, I just find that a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah. And there's a lot of moments like that where like, for example, like there you have electricity, but then it's kind of frozen in time in like the eighties because the heroine's parents died when she was two. She's been raised by her grandma and like all these other old people. So all the music she listens to is from that era because she just has like the mm-hmm. tapes that her mom left behind. And, you know, he, she has to take a bath in this like giant, kimchi making tub <laughs> like, I got a kimchi. like why are you making it? <laughs> I have to soak myself in here which is like this is how we take a bath and like and I'm like so fascinated by some but of does she kimchi. come out smelling of kimchi he, he doesn't no it's their bathtub but it's just his like 
stereotypes. His conception but, of what it is, right? But like, and there's moments where she's like staring at him, like, oh my gosh, in like awe and amazement. She's like, this is the most amazing thing. And he's like, yeah, look, look at my arm. He like rolls up his sleeve or like he's like showing <laughs> off his abs. But she's fascinated with like his electric toothbrush or like, she's like, I've never seen underpants like that before. And he's like, don't look at my underpants. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm definitely going to keep watching. It's really fun. It, and it's like a low it's stress a, drama with heart. Nice. <laughs> it's one of those things that I really enjoy seeing in K-dramas is that, you know, when you see that really rural, basic way of life, the fact that that still exists is kind of, I don't want to say reassuring, but like, it's nice to know that people can are still able to live without all of the sort of, is I don't know what the right way is to say this. It's nice to know that everything isn't infected by sort of 21st century speed, I guess. Mm. And that I people mean, can still live slowly. Yeah. And the, I mean, they make a point of saying that there's no TV and no internet on the island and like cell phones don't work. And also like very limited medical facilities. Yeah. Like there, there are two doctors, but they are kind of like, there's only so much that they can do. They, they are one almost doctor like, actually, isn't it? I thought there was, uh, like, I know that there was a female doctor and wasn't there, like, the guy she's interested in? Isn't that another No, he's the teacher. He's the elementary school. He's the teacher. They're in the same building, and she's, like, always watching him (laughs) while he's teaching. Right, so there's one doctor, yeah. (laughs) And she has, like, the most morbid sense of humor. Like, Yubek goes to her hospital with, like, uh, I think a fractured foot or something, and she's like, well, this will have to be amputated. (laughs) So... (laughs) I actually really like her. So I think she's great. Yeah. <laughs> she has this, like really obvious crush on the teacher, and it's like so tragic and hilarious. Uh yeah, they're all adorable. It's all really nice. Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna keep watching that. Yes. Okay. Uh, and now, theme with passion for now. <laughs> oh, I'm very curious about this because we were so like, oh, we're not gonna watch this. This is gonna be horrible. It's so problematic. We were like, I love this. But you know what, we should address why we thought it was going to be problematic, just mm-hmm. because, you know, it, the drama deserves to get credit for not not following through, following down on that path, the path that we were worried about. And the radio we romance worried, path. <laughs> the radio romance path, where mm-hmm. they are trying to make someone very young act older than her age and someone much older, I don't but like also she's act. a character who was preyed upon like you know um yeah regularly character. she was yeah she was just yeah she wasn't good but what you've got here with kim yojong is that her character is a sort of a take no prisoners type of uh, type of character so she might be younger and she might be poorer but she's not uh going to be taken advantage of just like that and she's wise to you know She's not naive and she's not um, unnecessarily foolish in that wide-eyed way that they like. Yeah, she does eating. not give off, give off candy vibes at yeah. all. And she has I a like that she's, vibe. She does, she does. And like she has moments where she embarrasses herself and she <laughs> will not leave her room <laughs> because she's so embarrassed. We are all embarrassed for her. Yeah, <laughs> but you know it's like but she she's 
she's a so she, her character is someone who's just graduated right and she's studying for her um what is she studying for and she's still in for student her. debt and she's, a, she's yeah. um she's trying to sort of get herself onto the career ladder which is of course impossible unless you've got civil a million effects yeah she, she's oh studying she's studying for, for the civil, civil service exam. exam yeah that's the one yeah so and you can like she does part time jobs and stuff and she hasn't got like a full time employment yet someone that she has a crush on has a full time employment and she's you know part jealous part worried and it's just it's such a it's something that you would associate with someone of her age like it's not that she's unemployed because she's inept or life has been horrible to her which is something that candies often have everyone else in her sort of cohort exactly who have specs sort of sky high specs and speak six languages and she's like you know she just about put herself through college and you know the best thing that she's got going for her is her enthusiasm like you know her passion that's mm-hmm. her sort of number one spec and everything else is you know if you're competing against these hot shots she and she's trying to get into sort of blue chip companies so that's the kind of thing yeah it's very uh like life appropriate age appropriate conflicts so how old stuff. is her character like 22 23 i'd say probably something like that yeah 23 just fresh out of college yeah exactly okay. yeah and so she, if, she's about 20, right? 20, 20, yeah, about 20. Okay. But okay, they also, like, what they don't do is they don't put her into these compromising situations, um, which is the, one of the things that really bothered me in Radio Room. And there is a point, there is a point where she is being used by one of the characters. Um, yeah. But the moment she realizes it, it's like, you know, game over. You can't mess with this girl. You can try, but if she finds yeah. you out, it's, you know... Mm-hmm. exactly so she can stand up for herself she does not need a knight in shining armor to come and right. solve the problems of her life that is not her issue so um where we and uh, now we come to our <laughs> hero which is um yun yun sung right that's yeah, yeah we weren't too excited about him as i recall no we last saw him in doubtful victory for me i think pinocchio for you yeah i, I yeah, yeah it was it was doctors for me Oh yeah, doctors. Yeah, that's right. Very unmemorable, as you can see. <laughs> he he was sort of like his character didn't actually have much to do. His arc was pretty limited. Um, but it's just that he, I think he does a credible job with the character he's given here. And the the thing is that right now he's not doing anything that um I would say that hey if if we replace this actor with another actor, then you know the they whole character would really change. Well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think any other, any other generic really <laughs> Korean drama lead would do. I don't think anyone exactly. else could be as tall as him. Oh yeah, that, I guess he that's has. That's the one. Thank you, That's an individual. Right, <laughs> as But you know, like he's so big, but he's got this baby face. He does, however. He has a super baby face. It's very cute. Um, if if not for the sort of um. The, the resentment that we already harbor for um, someone who really wanted to do this role who couldn't, uh, um, we oh. might not be so hard on him at this point. <laughs> that said, though, I don't know if Anyasup would have done this. Like he, actually, a really good point. I think Junkin Sang brings more gravity to this character than Anyasup could have. 
I agree that he, this character needs to be old than Anhyun Sob clearly is. Like Anhyun Sob is how old? He can't be more than his mid-20s, 20, right? Two, three, maybe something like that. Okay, some, he can't, some, yeah, he can't, can't be, be more than mid-20s is my point. Whereas this character is clearly someone who's at least close to 30, right? I don't know how old his character is supposed to be here, but he's someone who's on the other end of the 20s. So he's mm-hmm. he's sort of... His lived experiences are more than the heroines. That's a given. But on the other hand, it's also because he's older, just like um, in um, uh, I'm Not a Robot, it, because the character is someone who's mature and whom you would expect to have like lots of social skills, etc. You um, don't expect someone of his age to become, for instance, super attached to a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) As others have done before him. (laughs) Exactly. That's hilarious. That was not the common thread I was expecting. (laughs) Well, he's older, but he's also like, like his age is offset by how vulnerable he is. But so, I think it's it's particularly um, it his vulnerability is um, more poignant because of his age. Like if he was someone younger, right, Then yeah. that would still be like, hey, yeah, then fine. But he can, yeah, he he has time to grow a thicker skin, and you know he can move forward from that. But also he because maybe because of his baby phase, he also really sells those moments like that moment when in the elevator where there is a guy who badmounts someone and he is like he's the owner of the station um i think right uh, the the tv station where so he is in i think it's a it's a company owned i'm not sure there <laughs> I is a... remember the moment <laughs> <laughs> he over Yunkin saying overhears one guy being really rude um and cruel to um what's her name Kim Yoo-jung. and yeah. like he himself has not been that nice to her in their encounters but like he like you can see that he feels something in that moment so then when he's alone in the elevator with with the uh, uh, jerky guy later uh, he has this little uh, habit of like spraying um a disinfectant all the time like in little you know like facial mist face mist uh, canisters so he, he has them but they're like antisept uh, disinfectants so he he starts sort of really passive aggressively doing it um like ostensibly on himself but he fills the entire elevator when he comes out he just leaves that guy like you know in a cloud of uh, like sanitizer mist so it's, like, yeah. it's a sort of indirect punishment and yeah that was a really great scene <laughs> mm. so like with the whole germaphobe thing i kind of am not sh- I think it should come with a trigger warning for anyone with OCD. So just putting that out there. Because um, I'm watching this and I'm feeling like, like I, there are points when I feel like I have to turn away because it's too, it's too triggering. And like some of these actions are too familiar. So anyone with OCD, just be careful if you get triggered by that kind of thing. Maybe don't watch it or fast forward. He doesn't touch things except with handkerchiefs and lots of antiseptics. And he doesn't sit down in places and he certainly doesn't go on public transport. <laughs> so he has lots of tiny little, yeah, it's it's very, I think, well done and true to life, but it is something that you should keep in mind if you have a problem with that. So the way uh, they are portraying his um, germaphobe thing, I kind of like it. There are different ways of doing it. There was this webtoon that I read, which was turned into a Japanese um, uh, drama, which I cannot recall right now. I will uh, 
uh, write the name down in the description if you guys want to look it up. Uh, where there is this germaphobe guy and he is a writer. So he just kind of secludes himself in his room and everything is to his liking. Everything is super clean. And he's not just a germaphobe. He, he's, he also has OCD, like major OCD. So just every single thing is the way he likes it and he does not want anybody coming into his apartment and he's super, super secluded. But that is not the direction they went with um, Jung Sung Yul. He has uh, a company to manage. He has to interact with people every day. And it's not a secret that he's a germaphobe. People around him accommodate him. And um, <laughs> it's it, like, it, maybe at the end of this drama, he'll be cured. Though I don't know why this requires being cured but I, anyway there are people who who are germaphobes their entire life and they have perfectly happy fulfilled lives i mean k-dramas can you please just leave a person their flaws and not have to cure everything wait i'm actually uh, that's a digression to a drama we're gonna discuss later <laughs> but my uh the thing is that i like that they didn't go that route he's a very social he's not a very social person but he's social enough for instance he's looking for someone to date but then he gets set up with a woman and he, the, the things that he notes about her are how neat she is, how neatly her nails are clipped and how she presents herself. And then he notices <laughs> earwax. <laughs> and he's to be like, fair, that's pretty rank. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, it was. I, I cannot imagine anybody having earwax like that. If you just take daily baths, you cannot have earwax like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so that's where we are with Lean With Passion for now. We like it. We think it might be an entertaining watch. And as with the ones before this one, we'll update you. Okay, uh, the next one we uh, want to talk about is Red Moon, Blue Sun. Uh, Saya, you watched that one, right? Right. Also called Children of Nobody. I think that's its official title. Mm-hmm. Um, my kind of overarching is I only aired four episodes uh, at this time. So my overarching feeling on this is I actually have no idea what's going on, uh, but it's totally gripping and it's really eerie. So this is from the same writer as uh, Achiara Secret Village. I think that's what it was called, which mm-hmm. was like a year or two ago. And that was a horror, if I remember rightly. So now if yeah. I had known this was going to be sort of in the vein of horror, I certainly would not have begun it um i i actually don't even know why i started it because this is none of the dramas that i started in this cycle were the ones that i intended to watch so um you've got kim sona who uh, this is the first time i'm watching her literally since kim samson i haven't seen her in anything since um and she's uh she works as a children's therapist um and like you know basically living the perfect life expecting her second child uh, and then suddenly one day she's involved in uh, an accident where she kills a child um and then like everything goes crazy it's it's really hard to separate what is happening in this that is real and what isn't because she sees um she constantly keeps seeing this little girl in a green dress, but we don't know what that means. Like, is it a ghost? Is it a figment of her imagination? Like, who is the girl in the green dress? And this is what haunts her as well. And so at the same time, you've got a series of um, deaths that happen that appear to be innocuous, uh, but then they have these weird irregularities and the uh, character, the detective character is E. Kyung, who was most recently, I think, in Laughter in Waikiki. Um, this is, is this his first lead character? 
it might be but anyway he he's doing really well as this sort of rugged um detective uh he's young uh but he's really sharp um and so he begins to notice these weird irregularities in cases of criminals or people who've come out of jail or people like just dubious people dying and then like stuff comes up that makes him think it might have been murder um so he goes after this and he crosses paths with kim sana because the, the people who are the victims of these um uh, incidents have some kind of weird crossover that you don't quite understand but the things they have in common is that there's always a child involved and at all of these scenes like there's a line of poetry and it's really sort of creepy and haunting and I think the thing with this show is that everybody is an unreliable narrator like you don't know who's telling the truth you don't even know if Kim Sana is like is she the one doing the stuff like at one point I, I was in the middle of um one of the recent episodes and I was like hold on what if she's the one who's killing all of these people and she doesn't know it like what if she's like in a fugue or what if she's got like a multiple personality or like what's yeah. happening I don't know but yeah it's I don't watch it at night <laughs> it's really good though I absolutely totally recommend it I think it's drawing itself into like the the main thrust of its story and it hasn't quite got there yet but it's getting there but the tone is it's really dark and it's literally dark like it's got this weird blue filter which is just everything is dark but yeah it's good it's scary it's really really interesting and exciting and watch it and the other character who is um uh an uh, a junior detective who is Lee Kyung's detective partner pa- partner Nam Kyuri um and she plays this sort of no nonsense female detective and she's great as well so like all the characters are really good but yeah i don't have any idea who it is everyone is creepy the only person i think it isn't is Lee Kyung and Nam Kyuri the detective but it could be anyone else Okay that that actually sounds like pretty good plotting if you have absolutely no clue. And I really hope for Kim Sona's sake that this is better than that terrible drama that made me so angry a few months ago. <laughs> shall we shall we kiss first? Which I oh, have yeah. for and then it was like every <laughs> tragic trope in the book just one after another like they were crossing off a list. It was just yeah, don't watch. Do that. you know what? I think you should try this because this is like this really is a, it showcases everything she can do and all of the doubt in her character and the fact that she herself doesn't know what she's doing mm-hmm. yet like the guilt and everything is eating away at her and it's really okay so uh, check out at least the first three episodes um if you're in the mood for something dark and yeah if you like it carry on if you don't drop it sounds okay. good and then memories of alhambra which i totally wanted to watch but have not been able to this weekend i intend to um in the next week and saya what's the verdict you watched it so uh, yeah at this point only one episode has released although by now i think the second has literally just released which so i'm going to watch it after we finish the school um and so This is the latest drama from the writer of W uh 9 uh 9 times travel 9 times tra- however whatever inflection that goes in I don't know I just call it 9 9 and queen inhensman um and this is a show like we've had so much about for like the last 
at least a year and it's fully pre-produced so we've been getting updates on this in like trickles for months and months and they've been dropping teasers for like the last month or so and none of them made any sense and neither does the first episode but you know <laughs> I mean it does and it doesn't it's like it's putting all of its pieces on the board so you've got there's a mysterious death on a train which could be murder and it might not even be a death at all but there's a, a disappearance of somebody who looks like they're pretty important um and and they disappear did I already say that I did so they disappear on a train <laughs> and uh you have um uh an augmented reality game which is like uh pokemon go on steroids which is set in the amazing backdrop of granada um in spain and you have hyunbin who heads there after a mysterious phone call and he holds himself up in a hostel owned by Pakshine, which is kind of a creepy place, full of mysteries and secrets, but none of this has come together yet. So I'm not quite sure where the show is going. In the first episode, you have this whole segment of uh, Hyunbin discovering the game. So he has these cool, funky iris computer things, which he pops into his eyes like contact lenses. I just call these iris cams because that's what they call them in Artemis Fowl. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Like anytime I see something that goes in the eye, I'm like iris cam because Artemis Fowl. So yeah, if I say iris cam, that's why. But yeah, they're like contacts. Um, and so while he's wearing these contacts, he can experience the augmented reality world um, against this backdrop of historical Granada. Um, and yeah, he he starts this game in like level one where he has to fight this Moorish warrior, which yes, indeed, we have many reservations about. And yeah, I, yeah. Let let's see what they do with that. I don't want to jump on it right away. Um, I don't what are like. You afraid of? What what would they do? Like, what are you afraid of with the Moorish warrior? Uh, I think I'm gonna let Anissa take this. She's the expert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but yeah, like I'm just. I mean, even the title and the fact that it's set in in Spain and in Alhambra is like... It's the seat of Islamic Spain. Yeah, basically. it was an, an empire Pans. for like 800 years. And, and then it was wiped from the map. Basically, yeah, the Inquisition Apart from the architecture, they, yeah. Um, killed everyone and, and or tortured them. Yeah. And now, you, if you go there, the architecture is there, but like the culture has been completely... Yeah. Erased and, and the like, European Renaissance happened because of Islamic civilization in Spain. So yeah, like they preserved and, and translated so many yeah like sources that were completely lost to you know Europe, yeah. which was in like the Dark Ages at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Like if I remember correctly, like they uh, preserved Greek books. They even preserved like Hindu scriptures. Whatever scriptures they found, pretty much they, they translated yeah. them. They studied them. Yeah. 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 So, and then, like, you know that there's always these, like, very, you know, sort of orientalist stereotypes that we yeah. always see in, like, Western portrayals of these places, especially when they bring in these, like, moors, quote-unquote. Yeah, and so, you've got this, like, sort of big, heavy-set white guy with heavy black coal-lined eyes and, you know, the just, you know, that savage look. Yeah. And you're, like, it's kind of like, I don't know, what do you call this, uh, uh, some type of brown face but 
Yeah, I'm not comfortable with it, but it hasn't done anything. I mean, it's the fact that it exists is a little bit egregious, but where it's going to go with that, I mm. guess we'll see. So Yeah, so I guess we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. Yeah, the setup of the story. Well, why, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm curious about why they set it in uh, Spain and not in Korea, like augmented reality from a historical um you know, just just characters and 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 um, soldiers and 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 warriors of the past. They could have done that in Korea. They have such rich history there, right? So they could have had characters from like Sakyu characters coming in into the modern day world, walking modern day souls. So why why didn't they do that? Why did they set it up in Spain? Well, the obvious real world reason answer to that would be maybe there's money from the funding from the Spanish tourism board. Um, or someone okay. in Spain. Um, yeah, this that, is an extremely makes... high budget drama. This is not cheap. This is like flashy as hell. But like it looks, every inch of it is absolutely dripping with money in a good way. Um, <laughs> and also, you know, it's interesting to like, you know, if you're in, in Korea, I guess it's interesting to see other places. And, and the architecture really is stunning. It's like, why wouldn't you want that if you could afford yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, the tourism thing makes complete sense. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's like speculation for us, but it that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is okay. a Netflix drama, by the way. So this is, um, oh, it's an exclusive okay. Netflix drama as well. So mm. there's probably stuff tied in with that as well. Um, it's going to be available well in real time. Rights. It is right now. I don't know if it is in the US, but it is in the UK. Um, so, no. All I have is the Christmas Prince sequel. Oh, no. Which I do not like. <laughs> oh, okay. So, this Wait, is I what Netflix always kind of does, no. isn't it? Is that the rest of us do get like it's released right now. Like, if I want to watch it right now, I can. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so Netflix US. The kind peculiar of thing is. I, I usually get stuff first, like before uh, the US audience do which I'm super, super happy about. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but uh, for th- I, I don't see it on my Netflix page, actually. I, I'm seeing Patriot really? Act, which I love. But yeah, yeah I'm not. This is the first time not. that's ever happened. Yeah, I love that <laughs> show too. But yeah, I, don't, I also don't see it. Oh, it's here, it's here, it's here. Okay, yeah, no, fine. It should I'm, be I have yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I think everyone outside <laughs> of the US can see it in real time, but it might be that thing that they do with you guys in the States is that they'll let you watch it like... What? Yeah, and I mean, this happened with Forest of Secrets, too, where it completed yeah. airing, and then it came, it dropped all in one season, and this is the director of Forest of Secrets, so who knows? Yeah. There's a connection there. But that's, yeah, I think this is kind of just like Netflix's model, isn't it? For I mean, they did release. simultaneously release Mr. Sunshine and also um, Meteor Garden's new season. Oh, that's a good point. So I'm not sure what is making them pick and choose. And I did well, hear that it's... something else was going to be released simultaneously oh. on Netflix, but I can't remember what it was, but it's something Maybe you'll just have it on a slight delay rather than Maybe. a full show. Let's see what like, happens. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll find out in a few days. Yeah, I'll I'll keep you guys updated with that. But yeah, oh, the okay. other thing I wanted to sort of quickly mention is um, what's really exciting about this writer Song Jiejung is that, um, like, if you look at her um, uh, past works, is that they always do something different. She's always sort of pushing K drama land to new frontiers, and this is like even if they don't always end well and we kind of you know have to admit that they don't always end well um 
they always have this really interesting world building that is utterly new that no drama has done before mm. it sustain that structure and it sort of yeah i think i think part of it is that they don't necessarily like they can't pick which line of the show to follow and they can't sustain both of them at the same time because all of these have like a backbone of romance and i think they tend to go for the romance uh, and then they end up dropping the sort of the the world yeah Yeah, exactly so like what you've got um with this show as well is that you I can't quite tell where the story is going right now I mean it's only been one episode so we don't I don't know whether the story is going to head into the world of the game or whether it's going to be like sort of the real world um uh problems of having to acquire this game because Hyunbin's character right now is at this point where he's discovered the game and he's desperate to acquire it and the one person that he can acquire it from is the one person he's just offended like in a super (laughs) terrible way um and so the and you know there are a lot of people after this game and dangerous bad people so whether it's going to follow the route of that or whether it's going to have like some concurrent thing where the game itself provides you know story for the drama the way like w does and you know like a fictional world giving you stuff yeah i guess that will reveal itself with time yeah but it's exciting cool and i'm not even a gamer and i actually don't really understand games so i watch like my brother is a gamer i have a couple of close friends who are gamers and i'm like i don't understand why you game i don't understand because there's a story storytelling there's always you know but like it's like everyone says that and i'm like i don't see it i don't see how gaming is storytelling and let's not go into that now because a lot of people have tried to explain (laughs) it to me and i'm just still like i don't get it (laughs) but yeah but i find it exciting and like i say i'm not even a gamer and he was like there were these sequences of him trying to level up in this game and it's actually really exciting I'm like cool wow and then when it came to the real world I was like oh this isn't that I kind of want to go back to the game (laughs) that's how the addiction starts (laughs) I hope not I have enough right okay so our next one is uh we are on to our completed list now Yes. yes we're moving on to our list of completed shows Okay, so it's Where Stars Land, and on Twitter, um, we uh, kind of already talked about a little about what the first few episodes did to Chesobin's character, which is that they set her up as someone who is really flawed and kind of like a, a heroine that you wouldn't like. But um, then they kind of, I don't know, lobotomized her character and then I, I, I erased her past offenses and just gave her excuses for all her behavior. And then now she's the perfect, you know, the, the usual so interchangeable drama heroine. Yeah. Right. Or, or not quite, because Chesawin, of course, infuses this, this quality into all of her characters that make them endearing for their own sake. So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't write the character off completely. I enjoy, I enjoy her character here. I just th- I just thought that she didn't have enough to do and that she could have had a lot more to do if she had um you know if if they had preserved the initial line of yeah character exploration. Um Barma, you finished the show, right? I've finished the show, yeah. And Anisa, are you planning to finish it? Um I was, but <laughs> I am I'm willing to be spoiled for the ending so that we can I I there are things that made me stop watching that makes me not 
likely to go back and finish it. So before you guys go into spoiler territory, there's ju just one or two things I want to say, and then I will sort of bow out of this until you're done with the spoilers. Okay. <laughs> so um, uh, the thing that we didn't really see in the earlier episodes that uh, in the last time that we um, recorded was what's uh, uh, Hun's character because we had such a focus on Chiswin's character up until that point and it had moved focus to Ijehun. But the thing that, uh, and I'm at like episode 17, 18 right now, um, which is I think just about, oh, is it just past halfway yeah, through? It's about, How, halfway. It's about yeah. halfway through. Hmm. Um, so he's he's at this point where he's sort of confined to the house and he's had a lot of um, problems with his, uh, what's it called? Yeah, well, are they prosthetics or are they like augmented, augmented arms? Yeah, the, 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 yeah, that's... the drama calls them support devices. Oh, okay, okay support devices. So, the thing that I keep feeling is a missed opportunity so far is that they don't seem to deal with the fact of him being disabled, just the fact of him hating his disability. And it's like I get that the character has to go through that, but I want them to deal with actually him accepting that he is disabled and that he can live with disability and that doesn't make him less of a person. And that's something like, I feel like, I don't think we've ever had a drama that centers around disability and accepting yourself. And I don't, I don't know how much I want to be spoiled. <laughs> I mean, I actually, I don't want to be spoiled at all. So I'm just putting that out there. I want, I want the drama to deal with this. And now you can spoil to your heart's content because I'm going to take my headphones <laughs> off. <laughs> Okay. okay. And for uh, those of our listeners who don't want to be spoiled about the ending of this drama, um, I'll put in uh, the timestamps. Like, if, if you just look in the descriptions below, you'll find the timestamps. Like, it'll tell you exactly how much to skip if you want to skip the spoiler part. Okay. So, about what Saya said uh, about them dealing with the disability part, um, did they? Uh, do you want to know, Anisa? Yes. Give it, okay. give it to me. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, they did not. Any opportunity they had, like for every opportunity they had, they all. It's almost they deliberately missed. There is this uh, beautifully poignant moment. I think it was about halfway through. I, I think Sam might have seen that scene where he, he this guy, EJ Hoon's character, has so much insecurity because he spent 11 years in a wheelchair, confined to a wheelchair, being pitied by everyone around him. And by the way, in this time, he's put himself through college and he lives alone because his mom's gone off somewhere else. Like she's married someone and gone off to America. A lot of moms seem to get married and go off to America. But yeah. like in drama. <laughs> but um, so he, it's not like he's not living an active normal life. He is. But he hates his disability. So to tell us why he hates it that much, we should have been given a glimpse of what he deals with on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, we're never given that. We are never given that. There is this one moment where you know we all know by this time that EJ Hoon's character thinks that he cannot have a normal relationship if he's uh, like confined to a wheelchair. But then there is this moment when he is at this open air restaurant and there is this man in a wheelchair with his girlfriend and I think they're feeding each other food or something. They're being really cute together. And it's a very fleeting moment. He just looks at them. And it's like his, and EJ Hoon is a really good actor, of course. So you can almost see the thought crossing his mind that maybe I can have a normal relationship even if I did not have these support devices. 
So, because the support devices become a cause of concern later on, they are actively hurting him, they are harming yeah. him, but he refuses to take them off because he thinks that he'll go back to being on a wheelchair and he would rather die than go back to a wheelchair. So he clearly feels really strongly about his disability. And now a person who has lived 11 years in a wheelchair and he's still not been able to accept that, there must be a lot of trauma piled on top of traumas. But this drama refuses to deal with any of it. You're not given anything. Like all the stuff that I'm saying is stuff I'm assuming because I've read a bit about these disabled people. I don't think the drama writers were informed enough to deal with this subject. There is so much ableism in this drama. It's insane. The ending was the worst possible thing. No, I mean, I watched until episode uh, 26, which is like 13, because it's, you know, double the numbers. But it's like at that point where he's just basically like dating her with, and he's like told her about his support devices, but he still kind of like refuses to take them off. And he's like giving himself a month. And so then like, that's where I watched it till. And I kind of, was like too angry to continue in a way and I also was just like I'd, I I just didn't want to I could kind of see where it was going and I was just like kind of done so I want you to just tell me like what how it ends and whether it ends up going down like that. <laughs> so as Saya said this drama practically obtusely refuses to deal with his disability like that moment when he reveals himself he says that this is the real me and that is not the real him in terms like yes that is the real him she had never seen his devices but also the real him is also the one who has to take those devices off at night right I mean the one who has to put it up on the shelf and then go to bed that's also him and he never introduces that side of him to her then there is this scene um where he he kind of like he takes off his support devices. He's on a wheelchair. He goes to the Han River because he's supposed to meet Chesum in there. That's supposed to be their date. And it's like he takes a brave step, right? Yeah, the I mean, I saw that part. I was that made me hopeful. But then after that, you know, like exactly. And then then, then the writer decided no, Chesum does not need to meet this version of her love interest. They, they gave this, they, they just ruined that moment with this dramatic incident where Chesuin gets hurt. EJ Hoon is trying to get to her, but his phone kind of flies off his hand and then he can't get a taxi and all of this stuff convinces him that if he's on a wheelchair, he can't protect her. He wouldn't have been able to protect her anyway because he was in another part of the city when she got accidentally stabbed. But I, anyway, so yeah. that cannot be your driving reason for why the protagonist refuses to take off his devices even though they are killing him. That cannot be the reason. The reason has to be those 11 years and what has happened there. You had to show us at least a few of those smaller day-to-day things that an able-bodied person would not notice but a disabled person really would. For instance, like this thing, we had this conversation just earlier this year about straws. Like getting rid of straws does not seem like a bad thing. It, yeah, they are wasteful plastic. But then when some people said that, what about us? Like uh, uh, someone spoke up on the internet. They were like, what about disabled people and how, how much they need to use straws? You, you should at least have that as an option. 
it just it didn't occur to most of us now we can take that conversation further and we can talk about alternatives that's a different conversation but i'm saying for most of us it would not have occurred to us that that those straws that we think are wasteful are actually useful to some people it's something we wouldn't notice i would not notice many things that a disabled person goes through and of course the drama just just ignores that aspect of his life completely doesn't give us anything and of course the ending was just horrible she tells him to live and he's like fine i'll take off my devices and then he does and then cut to a year later and he's left the country and not been in touch with her at all i thought the the moment he took off the devices that they she would be beside him while he recovers his health i thought that would be their bonding with the final reassurance that he needs that he can have a relationship even if he doesn't have his support devices his prosthetics if like if they had given us that i would not be so mad at the ending but they didn't they just cut to a year later where he returns perfectly uh, cured and again wearing those devices and so therefore you uh, know she even never has to deal with the disabled version of her boyfriend i'm just that is so yeah. you know what's even worse than like the fact that they don't show his daily struggles and what it must have been like for him and like humanizing his struggle in that way like they should have done that and it's bad that they didn't do that but what i find is even more upsetting and like offensive like it's actually offensive to me that like when he tries to show his real self or like his self without those extra supports in the wheelchair and like the drama writers basically like no you don't get to have that here's me like literally throwing you off your wheelchair onto the ground and like you're like lying there helpless and no one is going to help you and you're just going to be miserable like it's so The more I think about it, the angrier I get. Honestly, like it's like you, it's like they they're saying like that person doesn't deserve to have love unless they actually like look normal, whatever normal means, and like have like four fully functioning limbs. And, uh, it's, it's, and of course, as a ridiculous metaphor, the guy just isn't just normal. He is super normal. Yeah, he's a, what do you he's call him? Human. Yeah. Yeah, he he, he uh, the, and this is a trope that's often used in fantasy where you you have a disability, but then it's not just cured, but you get an extra special power. It this this happens pretty often if you read sci-fi, you would be familiar yeah. with this trope or like so, comics. Or comics, yeah, absolutely. So it's I I get where this trope comes from, but this is also a sign of a really. I don't know I don't know the writer's past works and I don't even want to look it up at this point but this just stinks of really amateurish amateurish writing and yeah. I I am so disappointed in this writing because there were threads that could have been followed through to really satisfying conclusions and the writer just refused to do it you know what this makes me think of um it's is like the happy ending happy in quotes ending version of have you heard of the movie me before you uh yeah actually i have i so have without I spoiling it? that movie um <laughs> listeners you can go and spoil that movie for yourself if you want i don't want to spoil <laughs> it for anyone but it's like it's trash and it it has the same message that like oh the one with emily clark in it yeah it's like basically the same message of like if your legs and arms don't work you don't deserve love but it's like with a horrible like very sad tragic ending. So and that was like people with disabilities were so angry about that movie like they were extremely upset. 
Because yeah. it's like you never get stories about people like this. You know, it's like what Saya was saying. Like, we never see a depiction of a main character with some kind of disability. And so then if you end up making that one story that people get be one that says, well, actually, we don't accept you the way you are unless you're able to, like, you know, camouflage yourself in a way that's acceptable to the rest of us and you're not disturbing us with your, like, strange and upsetting appearance. Like, that's basically what you're saying with a show like this. So anyway... Yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's a little bit personal for me as well, which is why I got emotional. But should we... Uh... Yeah, this, this drama sure pushed our buttons. Yeah, let's call Sai back in. So now that we have you back, um, I wanted to talk about some of the things that we liked about this drama that kind of made us watch to the end of it. And one of the primary things is the second, uh, secondary love interest. Like, not the love interest, I'm sorry. The, the security couple. The security couple. Oh my <laughs> God. Odegi and Jayangju. I love them so much. <laughs> yeah. They're so cute. They, so their their entire arc was so nice. Their their conflict was so and uh, like it just it was actually really well written. And I loved the way the actors dealt with it. Their awkwardness together, just everything was perfect. I would have enjoyed seeing a little more development on um Nayanju's um character just just to find out why she is the way she is. But I'm okay even if there isn't too much explanation because some people are just naturally inflexible. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I I, I liked it and I also liked the way they developed uh, her friendship with Jasmine's character. Um and it just yeah it, it was it was sweet and that's all I wanted from that. It and that worked on the other yeah. thing that I really enjoyed was some of the airport stories i i liked how much they showed us about the details of running an airport i'm sure like all of it was not true to life like they could not have crisis like that and the same department <laughs> dealing with i don't know every it's 30 just, minutes it, yeah pretty much but uh overall and one of my favorite things was the way they dealt with the whole um you know how how have you guys reached the that episode where they have the fog come in? No. No, I don't I don't um, think either of you have. I got to like the beginning of I got to the end of the episode where like the fog was just coming in and then Ah, uh, okay, yeah. right. So they they have the this entire episode where it's not like something major happens but just the small things that you have to do to make sure the airport keeps running. And I loved those. I loved those moments. Those were my favorite moments of watching this drama. I I really liked that story, although I mean it was pretty cheesy and kind of uh, you could say that maybe it was unrealistic, but the story about like the man who didn't have papers, like he was undocumented from the Philippines. Oh yeah, and, and he wanted to see his baby. birth. Yeah, and how they like made that happen by fudging the rules a little bit. I thought yeah, that was, it was sweet. It was sweet. Yeah, I cried a little. I the do only feel like they took is... a long way around to get an answer for that. It's like it. It could have like they could have just had the uh, mother come to. Like they could have brought her inside to meet him, rather than have it turn but into. You, you wouldn't have like the running around and the walkie-talkie. <laughs> know, but it felt a little like, uh, yeah, like taking the long way around for no reason. Like it was easier than they made it. But I also felt like it didn't quite. No, okay, it did answer the whole. You can't actually bend the rules for anybody because, like, you know, if you make one exception, then like, the whole system falls apart. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason why the system is in place. But also, but um, I mean, there's a reason why the system is in place, but also kind of points out the immigration isn't kind. That's yeah, true. The harshness but you can't the rules. of yeah, yeah, all, like the, way the staff themselves have no ability to make those judgment calls. Yeah. So yeah, immigration. Maybe we need a whole drama about that. 
right <laughs> <laughs> yeah give it give it about 20 30 years when we can actually look back <laughs> into this period and be like hey and see how insane we, we are and also brexit yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay so the next one is stereos behind me which i have not finished watching but i actually have just watched the first four episodes what about you guys i finished um, yeah i finished it too so i think we talked about it a lot on previous i think the previous uh yak but it remained pretty much the same for me like very very heartwarming with really nice like ensemble cast and like great relationships between like the leads and the the, the kids and the neighbors the KIS like the uh neighborhood intelligence agency of between the the moms the Juma <laughs> network and then like the spy stuff remained very light and kind of toothless and fun and you know and that wasn't the main focus so that was fine and um i think they did a good job of like bringing the stakes raising the stakes a little bit in the last couple of episodes in a way that like made us worry for characters that we cared about and then they kind of like wrapped it up really nicely um so yeah it was a satisfying watch it was fluffy it was stress free it was cute i enjoyed yeah it. i mean it's it's peril quotient was very low yeah even even at the end like i didn't genuinely believe anyone was going to die and also like you, you know when they triggered the death protocol it was like it was it was too easy when you found out what really happened it was like way too easy um but yeah this was like loki i think is the way to so the one word encapsulation of the whole drama is very loki it wasn't that deep so it made it very easy to watch week to week um yeah. and it was always the drama that i just watched first like i didn't need to like with other dramas like you know you kind of need to like m- mentally prepare yourself before you can watch them with this one you could just watch it and yeah i'm not even going to ask if i'm the <laughs> only person who does that but um yeah it's just it was very pleasant but i do feel like i wasn't exactly i wasn't dissatisfied by the ending but i did feel like there was something missing because like it had changed its tone from being this drama about a single mother um who kind of finds herself uh doing spy work somehow by accident uh into like it just threw the kids out of the story and that was it it was a little bit jarring because I wasn't sure how to fit that with the character that I'd known up to that point which you know like when you're a mother you have these like dominating thoughts things like you don't yeah. put yourself in danger because you need to not die for your kids because your kids are so young they still need you and that's like it's the thing that dominates the way you live your life but I also um like I liked that Johnson's character got the chance to become someone else on her own you know by her own choices like she got to find meaning in her life that wasn't just wrapped up in the kids and like we were talking about um uh, earlier about how she had created this she was part of this very strong support network that allowed her to do those things yeah and i mean it was a little the drama in general the writing was a little bit out of sight out of mind with certain things like when something was not really pertinent to the plot it would just kind of disappear or you know like the, what they did with their husband in the beginning where he was just mm-hmm. basically like there to be gotten rid of in order to set up her relationship with Soji Sub which was kind of like they didn't really show her mourning for right, him like, they didn't really show yeah. the kids mourning for him so that was something that weird. kind of bothered me throughout yeah. the whole drama and it's like they wanted you to forget so you're like okay I'll put that thought aside but 
it didn't deal with it. it, it like it was very packed in the yeah. way that it presented itself, yeah. which is not. I don't know if that's a criticism, but it's like a little less perfect would have been maybe better. Would have made for a more memorable drama. Like as much as I enjoyed it, after I finished it, you know, it's just it out of my mind too. So like yeah. outside, out of mind for the drama for me. Agreed. Yeah. But it was fun. It was a good watch. Yeah. But it doesn't stay with me afterwards. And I probably wouldn't watch it again. Mm, same. Um, I'm going to quickly just talk about Familiar Wife because I finished it. Um, like I had talked about the first half and then I finished it. Like, and I forgot to mention in the, lo- in the last long yak. But I just wanted to say like it was a good, sh- it was like a good character drama. It was a really great like ensemble with like at the office because they were working together and like the bank employees were really lovely and um I liked how the first half was kind of focused on Jisung's story and the second half was about his wife who he like time travels in time to like not marry her and then he falls in love with her again and but it kind of switched to her perspective which was really great and I liked how they wrapped it up there were some things that were kind of weird but in general I thought it was like a really satisfying um do-over relationship time travel drama that like I mean the leads were really good Hanji Min was wonderful like I really liked her it's like my favorite performance from her so yeah I would recommend that's my thoughts on Familiar Wife how long was that 16 episodes 16 yeah okay I haven't quite decided yet if I do want to watch it but I enjoyed it I think I'll give the first few episodes a shot yeah um all right let's get into the next thing Beauty Inside who watched this one I watched this one. Ooh, I didn't even put my name by it, but yeah. I watched this. Okay. And um, I told you guys how much I enjoyed the uh, initial episodes. Like, I had some doubts, but they kind of, like, evaporated. I liked it. I really liked this drama. It had its flaws. Um, I wouldn't say it's perfect. There There are certainly things that I can complain about. But you know what? For a change, I won't complain about it <laughs> because I generally like the characters a lot. <laughs> they were just good people, and um, I enjoyed their, I enjoyed the friendship between the characters a lot, and and the and the story really focused on friends. It, w- one of the things that um, characterized um, Eamon Key's character here, um, uh, Sudoje, is that he didn't have friends, mostly because of course he couldn't recognize faces, so. He had like he he just limited himself to the people he knew and the daily stuff that he saw um in his office. So it's just difficult for him to have friends. But on the other hand, Hanseke, who had this magical transformation thing happening to her every month, was surrounded by her friends who were this this concrete support system for her. Like anytime she was in tr- trouble, one of her friends was there to help her out. So it's the. I like that that contrast between them, like that was so stark initially, started feeding as her friends sort of like took him into their fold and then he became one of the tribe. And then even when, you know, things happen, like uh, their relationship evolves, there are misunderstandings and they are, they are apart for a while. Her friends don't abandon Sodoje. He's still, you know, their friend as well. So there are these things that I really liked about the drama. The magical aspect of it um, stays pretty low-key. Um, other than how inconvenient it is for her, I think it was most. It seemed to be mostly a metaphor for her how um, 
she wanted to be known for herself like she wanted someone to love her for herself and not for her outer appearance and sodoji turned out to be that person so that is that that seems to be what what that whole magical realism thing was trying to get at and i guess they got it it's not uh, i won't spoil anything but it, the magic and and its rules are not exactly super important to the ultimate telling of the story they could have told pretty much the entire story without that whole magical aspect of it i think hmm. um but there is again like we have talked about before um uh, this ableism thing which um sodaji is a man with a disability and he's in love with a woman who accepts him for his disability she has a relationship and by the way once they get into the relationship this is one of those uh dramas where you see a really strong pair and they are in a relationship i think within the first 6 7 episodes Mm-hmm. and for like the, the better half of like the larger chunk of the drama they are actually already in a committed relationship so it's it's really great when they're dealing with like bickering relatives and and jealous sisters and all of that stuff they're doing it as you know a unit together so it's it's really enjoyable to watch and just the chemistry between them is like ah fireworks <laughs> but um then you come down to I I genuinely thought that they were just going to and this is a bit of a spoiler so tell me if um you guys want to know about it or should I because for twist yeah, as long as it's not a huge twist or something that's fine no it's it's not a huge twist it it's to do with his disability and okay. how korean drama just pretty much refuses to let a disabled man stay disabled because you know okay how can a hero just please don't um, tell me that she cures him No 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 that doesn't How do you happen. cure face blindness? I don't know but I would put it past a TV show. <laughs> the TV show manages to do it. She she does cure but the yeah but this What? is exactly like it's just like no. this is like a theme of this podcast like with with the how we were talking about the germs thing right? Like uh, I was talking about that webtoon where you you have this a uh, character with an OCD or you have this character who's a germaphobe you have this character with a disability but by the end of the drama you can guarantee that the hero if it's the hero will no longer have that but he would be cured by some means or the other and the way sodoji um gets cured is particularly problematic because he it results out of hanseki's unwitting selfishness like she doesn't intend for it to happen but he makes a choice which is Okay, I, I can't say more than that. It just my my entire point is that if you guys do watch it, please notice the fact that this is a drama trope that <laughs> K dramas will not let you because they would have had a perfectly normal, loving relationship even if he never got cured. This was a strong relationship. You saw that the drama gave us that. They they gave us, I think, about uh, six, seven, or eight episodes of these two being an amazing couple. because this is the ableist mindset that disability yeah. is a flaw and exactly and it has to be fixed somehow yeah. yeah exactly the reason he gets fixed or he decides he makes a certain choice is a is a reason i can understand the story does a good enough job of explaining to you why otherwise the relationship might not have progressed further and i but but i the hmm, 
the plot did not have to go there is all i'm trying to say that the they had to really reach to find this reason no and like why there is it's a choice it's a writing choice right like even if they exactly to um explain why in a in a way that like makes sense or mostly makes sense it's them deciding oh we need this story to go in this particular direction and we're going to justify it and like what you were saying about um if it's the hero, like it's always the hero. Like pretty much, K dramas are not even willing to let their heroines be fat. They're yeah. never gonna <laughs> let them have a disability. You know, like even if she start, this relates to one of the upcoming dramas. So I'll just like save my rant about that. But like, it's yeah, it's just really. And and um, because it seems like it is the theme of this month's long yak. Um, it the, for instance in the last Empress. Uh, uh, right? Yeah, Chejin Hyuk's his original overweight self is is seen as a disability. I, I mean, if you look at it from this, he will not be allowed to be a main lead if he is overweight. Right. It's unpalatable to have a hero who is not, you know, cut or like perfect or you know, you just you can't have a hero who's less than perfect in every possible way, which is actually. The thing is, I like Chijin Yuk, okay, so it's nothing against Chijin Yuk, but Tehango is perfectly capable of carrying that role without changing. He does not need to be different. And yeah. it's like the method that they employed to transition from him in to Chijin Yuk is hilarious. Like he had a haircut, <laughs> okay? <laughs> <What? it's> like, <laughs> I mean, okay, so like he, you know, he dragged a few logs through the forest as well and he went running and stuff for a bit for an unspecified period of time. But it's like, okay, this was the method that they chose to show that transition. And it's like, I thought there was going to be like extreme plastic surgery, okay? I mean, are they even the same height? They're <laughs> just like, it's, why? I, okay, and also, but the other thing at the same time is like, those actors, the sort of the unpretty actors, wouldn't get roles like that if they didn't accept these it's kind of yeah. the predicament that we see perhaps in sort of uh, like in in um western uh, entertainment is you know like um non-white like, roles yeah. i guess you have to take those like problematic ethnic because otherwise you wouldn't roles. be on or the screen ma- yeah exactly yeah if you want to eat and if you want to work yeah yeah and and like i don't know maybe hope that the representation gets better but it's like yeah man i just i want a drama for once to pick an actor or actress like that and just stick with them for the role like put your faith in them they can carry the spoiler role. alert it's not happening in december 2018 <laughs> <laughs> but maybe maybe january 2019 maybe let's pray uh, oh, there's one more thing I wanted to add to that point uh, that P was just making a minute ago about um, flawed hero and being cured and stuff. Is that it makes me appreciate I'm not a robot all the more because using his character in that was not cured, yeah. and that was such a uh, like an unusual destiny for a character like that. And it was very clear that he wasn't cured, and they actually made an open um, like it. It, it was openly acknowledged like to the character explicitly in the show you are going to have to learn to deal to live with your um condition and embrace it as a friend and like you know the fact that they actually dealt with that really directly in a way that like they dealt with the fact that it wasn't going to be cured and they dealt with the fact that he was it was going to be with him his whole life he just he would have good days and he would have bad days and he would have you know it was all there it was such a great package so you know it's december 2018 that drama like 
I think it was actually a full year ago it, it premiered and yeah. for me that's still the best drama of the year that's a really good yeah. point yeah so the smile has left your eyes Varma what did you think about this I I am really drawn to a moral characters in any story if especially uh, one that's written as Vera Soyengok's character than this one because you at at every point you knew why like even when he was doing inexplicable almost impulsively destructive things you knew there's a reason behind why he is like that and when the reason is revealed you understand it so i like this i like this despite um, uh, okay i we don't want to spoil this drama for anyone because this drama um while this is very much a, a a character study you go in there to watch these actors portray these characters it's it you, you want to watch them on your screen and you want to see them live their daily lives and interact and just just i don't know go through emotions and you go through the emotions with them now that, that's this is one of those dramas that's less plot heavy and more character driven but on the other hand there are certain things that are very much uh, dependent on certain twists um certain secrets so you can't actually talk about this drama in a lot of depth maybe at some point we can do a, a special on this we can we can just review this and contrast it with the japanese one which anisa's watch and i haven't and hopefully i will uh, pretty soon i kind of uh, want yeah. to at this Right now. I would like yeah. to do that. Yeah, I'm also only on episode six of this, but I want to finish it and kind of talk about it with you. But we can yeah. do that in a separate episode. I think that would be the best because I I don't think I can talk about this much without spoiling, and I want a proper um, spoiler-filled uh, episode to discuss this. I don't think I liked it. I really like this drama, and even though usually I avoid dark things, I'm kind of glad I didn't avoid this drama. I'm I'm I watched it. till and i couldn't stop even when i knew that certain things were going to happen i kept watching even though I, i probably with any other drama with any other cast of characters i would have aborted so okay. um yeah that that's where i am yeah i felt i mean i've only watched six of the episodes but i really liked it so far even though i like i told myself that i can't go through this experience again i ended up watching it anyway <laughs> so that really tells you how compelling the story is and i think they did a really good job of replicating that even if it wasn't exactly the same but they replicated that feeling of like thrill and like you can't stop watching even though you feel like you're like it's a train that's about to crash but like you can't get off kind of feeling yeah. so um yeah i i also yeah i i liked the japanese one and i liked what i've seen of this one the the, the way soyeon go gives off that whole vibe of being um i don't know insanely charming but so at the same good. time kind of un, uh, sort of an unstable genius he is so <sighs> good oh my gosh he can um, do anything yeah. at this point oh my god yes he can he's he's taken over my heart completely there's nothing i um i i i finished this and instantly went back to watch uh, reply 1997 <laughs> and then um having watched that i think for the seventh time now well wow. i decided well, yeah i was um, kind of insane for that and um i was like wait what uh, which drama office have i not watched and that was high school king of savi so you yeah, haven't i just seen that oh my god i love that one it's so <laughs> good i have to admit, though it it's the heroine who put me off like i had started she, watching this like yeah. a year back and she had in the first episode she was so so she really kept them getting used to but oh. at the same time like i can appreciate how far they went in making her that weird 
and like taking that risk with the heroin, like I can appreciate that. Okay, so. yeah, I'm gonna stick with it simply because I have to see because both you and Messiah have talked about how much you guys love this drama, so I I have to watch it. And also, Chowing Gook, I just when is this guy gonna just do a straight off romance? Like, can he please do like I'm I'm oh and and I of course recently just finished watching um. Uh, Shopping King Louis, which I hadn't <laughs> finished. I had watched like halfway and then I couldn't. So, of course, I went back and watched the remainder of that. So, basically, everything. Should we tell Saya to come back? Are we done? Oh, yeah. I think we're done with the spoiler. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I was just talking about how I was revisiting all of Seo and Gok's oeuvre. Oeuvre? What is it called? Oeuvre, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, um, I had not watched High School King of Savvy, so that's what I'm watching now. Yeah. Okay. I thought you had watched that. I hadn't, I watched like the first episode and the heroine was so annoying, I gave it up. But now that I'm completely oh. head over heels in love with Seon Gok, I just can't stop watching everything. What, you already head over heels for him about three years yeah, ago? I, I was, dude, but I just, every <laughs> time I watch him in a new drama, I fall in love with him again. It's he just a has that quality, yeah. He's, You're a loyal fan. Also, because <laughs> in this particular drama, he's just, he's just, he's just, Leaves you speechless. In <laughs> high school, King of Savvy? <laughs> no. No. No, million stars. Yeah. So, yeah, he is, yeah, it's a very, um, you know how um, we were t- talking about um, Yoon Kyung-sang and how he's, like, very blank and he could, like, he's very generic and the only thing that sticks out about him is that he's tall. In that role, <laughs> yeah. anyone could play yeah. it. But with Song Gook, it's like everything he does, he kind of makes only his he can own. Do it. And he, he makes it unforgettable. So yeah, and he does it so unforgettably that you can't imagine anyone else doing it. And I feel like we can talk about how much we love Song Gook for like the rest of time. So, <laughs> so upcoming dramas. We we so I made a list of December dramas, but um, a lot of those have already aired their first episode because they were airing on December first. Um, we we talked about Memories of Alhambra, so I'll just leave that. Um, the other ones. Who that are airing on December first? There's uh, Fates and Furies. It's starring Ibin Jung and Ju Sang Wook, and like it sounds like a very Muk Jung kind of. This is like a standard weekend drama. It right? is, and the only reason that I brought it up is because it's their drama reunion. They were the leads of Cunning Single Lady, also known as Sly and Single again, and they're starring as leads again in this. And um, I mean, they had good chemistry together, so I just wanted to. Yeah, that, give that, that was a shout out. So that was yeah, very different. But this is like, there's a lot of there's like attempted suicide and parents who passed <laughs> away and reading the poverty. Yeah, it, it's just very, it's very, yeah, yeah. So um, just a fair warning about that. But they are good actors who are cute together. Um, there's one on Channel A, which is like one of the non. <laughs> It's not a popular ch- cable drama. It's like very small and they usually make pretty bad dramas. But I'm bringing this up because it's called Coffee, Please. And um, it aired its first episode on December 1st. And it stars um, Young Jun Young of Beast, now Highlight. Um, he was also in Monstar. But the, basically the story is he's a webtoon writer. He's popular and handsome, but he's not nice to people. And he doesn't believe in love. And he has a trainee. Um, who is cute and chubby, and she's had a crush on him for a long time, but she's never told him about her feelings. And then one day she drinks coffee, and she suddenly finds herself changed into a beautiful <laughs> woman. 
Uh, well, that's an interesting in. way. Yeah, I know. It's very transparent. But like what struck me about this, and this is going back to our previous conversation, which has become our theme, is that the actress who plays the original character is Kim Min-young, who, um, if you've seen uh, Monstar, she was one of the students that was in, you know how like they formed this team? She's been in a whole lot of things. She's quite yeah. a... So these two have like, they've been in the drama together before. Um, but I really like her in everything. Like she's such a good actress and I would like 100% much rather watch her as the heroine than this like skinny version that she turns into who, I mean, I'm sure she's fine, but she doesn't have the personality that Kim Min Young does. Um, and it's just like that same thing, you know, like with Birth of a Beauty, there was the initial actress who was so good and who's always so good. And she was replaced by, Hanyasol, who was fine, but she didn't have the same charisma. Like, it's just happened so much. So I just wanted to point that out. You know, but can I just say one thing, uh, even though it uh, won't take long? But the other problem is that if you don't do it that way, then you end up, like, if you start off with the hot actor, then you just have, you, like, you uglify them. Like, you have in, like, you know, she was pretty or something like that. Where and I don't like that either, and it's like no, but my thing is why can't Kim and Young be the yeah? Why can't she keep the role? Because do you know what they would do? They would give her a makeover. Like you wouldn't have that story. Like I yeah. guess what we want to say is we don't want to see that story anymore. Yeah. Of you know, plain girl becomes pretty because like, can we have better stories than this, please? And also, she is pretty. She just doesn't yeah, get exactly. into that like narrow little like anorexic body standard that everyone pretends is like a normal body that everyone should aspire to. So And it's like more importantly, they have a lot of character like you're saying she has personality, they have a lot of character. Like they bring so much more to the roles than their faces. Exactly. And sometimes you feel like no, this isn't always the case with with the you know more uh, uh, quote unquote attractive attack, uh, actors, um, but like sometimes they can just skate by on their looks. They don't right. need to work as hard. Exactly. And not everyone does that, but there certainly are people who do. And then you have like really talented, good um, actors who just don't get as much of a chance to show that yeah. because the roles don't cater for them. And then even if there is a role that is catered to somebody who who does have that body type, you get something like uh, weightlifting fairy Kim Bakju, which casts like this super skinny, I mean, amazing, but super skinny actress in this role that was actually about someone who was not that skinny in real life. And I mean, I love that drama, but that's always going to kind of bother me. Yeah, and like Oh My Ghost as well, which uh, you had Kim Sulgi in, and it's like her yeah. entire character got totally shafted by that show. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's just a trend. So um, the next one is Just Dance. Um, literal title, I think, is Dance Sports Girls. It's on KBS, airing beginning December 3rd. And it's just about a group of girls in high school in, um, in like, a country, in, like, a like a countryside city. An island. It's a rural island. This is the same island they filmed um, Hospital Ship on. Oh, it's okay. Like, it's like an industrial Oh, town, yeah, that's right. Building. It is an island, yeah. So then, they do um, building, I think. So, yeah, yeah, but it has a really beautiful scenery. So they're like, oh, you know, okay. you can't let the scenery go to waste. Um, uh, so, yeah. And also what's exciting about this is you've got Chang Dong-yoon and Shin Se- uh, is it uh, Park Se-won? 
um, you know, um, Pie yeah. from I'm Not a Robot. Oh, okay. Uh, and also, they were in School 2017. The two of them were in that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this drama. It I'm has a nice it. cast, and, like, I'm hoping for shades of, like, Sassy Go-Go, maybe, perhaps, with the, yeah, maybe, with yeah. the dance competition. Did, 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 you yeah. mention that, did you mention that this one is based on a real story? I, yeah. Oh, yeah. it is, isn't it? Is it? Yes, it is. The only, the so, only yeah. thing that they have, like, oh, they are, it's like a dramatic rendition, of course, and they have added a boy to the group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like the boy that they added is like this elfin, um, sensitive guy. Yeah, so exactly. like, he's not bringing macho to it. He's like bringing exactly. another. Just yeah. And I'm, it I'm and excited. it seems like the plot, at least from the traders and stuff, it, it does seem like the plot is mostly focused on the girls' dynamics and especially the the two. There there are two main protagonists. Um, mm-hmm. and their their dynamics. This is very much like a throwback to um. Laundry generation or something? Yeah, girls' generation, nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the next one is the one that I know that uh, one of the members of our team is very excited about. <laughs> it's called uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's Boxu is back or like the return of revenge. Also, the English title is My Strange Hero. So why it's do got, you give them these weird titles in know. English? What's wrong with the I original title? Honestly, but it's man. got Yoo Sung Ho and Jobwa. And it's about him when he was a high school student. He was falsely accused of committing violence and kicked out of school. And this was caused by his first love, Sanjus, um, who was played by Jobwa and a male student. And so now he is like an unhappy grown up and he wants to get revenge on those two. So he returns to the same high school as a student, which I don't understand because if they, he's an adult, <laughs> aren't they also adults? I don't know. But anyway, he goes back. And he's trying to get revenge, and then like things happen, and he gets involved in cases. And, and of course, the pun on the name is that the Korean word for revenge is boksu, and that's the character's right. name is boksu. So yeah. that's why there's a kind of a return of revenge, or boksu is back. They can't quit. That's right. Fix, fix on the title. But yeah, I'm excited about this one. <laughs> I mean, who who wants to say no to more Yu Ho? Exactly. And Jokwa is really, she's really good too. <laughs> So yeah, it, this is really all down to execution and writing. Oh, and this is um December tenth, so soon. Yeah, soon. Big day. So yeah, that's <laughs> what's coming up. And now it's time for the dad joke, which I am responsible for. <laughs> I hope it's a good one. Why? Um, it's it's delightfully horrible. <laughs> okay, you ready? Nothing less. <laughs> okay, ready. Ready. Uh, what word starts with E, ends with E, and only has one letter in it? E? Envelope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought we were so smart. It's pretty good, right? <laughs> I think it banks on you to, to say E. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's expecting. That was terrible. <laughs> yes. It, well done. Thank you. <laughs> All so right. next time you'll you'll grace us with another. Oh, I will. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Why is it me again? <laughs> I said I was done. People are bored of me. We want to hear them from you. <laughs> okay. I will do my best. All right. Yeah. That's it. Very long this time. Yeah. But we had like we completed a lot of the dramas. We did. Yeah. Watching. And now the new season begins. Yeah. Yeah. And look for some special, like, end of the year goodies from us like, on Twitter and stuff. So, 
like the December dramas, hashtag December dramas, and some other stuff that we're going to be coming out with. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. another hour and we still have more to talk about. <laughs> One thing to add about December shows, you might remember that we previewed the Luther remake Bad Detective, also called Less Than Evil, as an upcoming November show. That had its air date pushed to December, so we'll come back with our thoughts about that next month. Or rather, probably I will, since I'm the thriller junkie in these parts. But guys, I can't believe it's already the end of the year. Keep an eye out for some of the fun we've got planned for you, and we'd love to have you guys come and play with us on Twitter. The December Dramas hashtag is really yielding some pretty awesome reviews extremely awesome reviews <laughs> why am I being moderate in my praise um, but don't worry if you don't feel social we love you just for listening as always you can leave us comments on our YouTube or SoundCloud pages tweet at us at dramasoverflow or email us at starsinourpocket at gmail.com and you know how much we appreciate a review on iTunes don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts in case you missed us launching it last month, check out our Patreon page if you want to support us. The link is in the description below. To our current patrons, we've said it already, but we really can't thank you enough. Seriously, thank you so much. And that's it for The Long Yak in 2018. Thank you all so much for joining us, for sticking with us, and for talking to us. We hope you have a great holiday season surrounded by good friends and good dramas, and we will see you next year. Bye!